2 Timothy 2.2. It says, And the things you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. This morning we talked about spiritual multiplication. We talked about how this is the key to reaching the world for Christ. How this is the strategy that God gave his church. Today we're going to look a little bit about how to do that specifically. This is critical that you understand this. If you don't understand this, you might spend a lot of time wanting to make disciples. But never making disciples very well. So we're beginning to get very practical. Over lunch we were talking and the topic came up. How do you know who to disciple? Well, we're going to answer that today. How many of you have ever heard of Billy Graham? Billy Graham, over the course of his life, he's some 90-something years old, has been one of the most powerful evangelists in the world. Okay, there's another person I want to tell you about named Bill Bright. How many of you have heard of Bill Bright? Bill Bright right? Bill Bright started Campus Crusade for Christ. By the time he died, his ministry had been responsible for over one billion people hearing the gospel. Also in his lifetime, he began teaching people to make disciples. And with the American church became a voice for discipleship. These two men together had two of the most powerful ministries of the last 100 years. I'm going to ask you if you've heard another name. Henrietta Mears. Henrietta Nobody's heard of her, huh? She was a lady that taught a Sunday school. She taught children and adults God's word in a Sunday school. Both of those men were in her Sunday school. Bill Bright, the second of those men, she led to Christ. Aren't you glad she poured her life into those two men? Right? What we want to learn to do is to do the same thing. Pour our lives into people that are going to make a difference. And, and Paul talks about this 
And uh, in 2 Timothy 2 2. And we see an equation here. I hate math. But sometimes it's good. Today we see an equation here. There's like this spiritual instruction. This is the truth of God's word. Spiritual instruction plus a faithful believer. Is going to lead to spiritual multiplication. And this is what Paul talks about here. What you've heard from me. Entrusted to faithful men. Who can teach others also. So, let's talk about spiritual instruction. Paul Paul said, The things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses. We know the things that he said were from Scripture. And he said them in meetings like this. He said that teaching is what you're supposed to continue teaching to others also. So we, we have a picture of here, here that content is very important. Biblical training is important. Before the end of the day, we will give you, some, or I guess today and tomorrow, we will give you some information on what to teach a new disciple. But what's important to know now is that is very important. Okay, so we need God's Word, and we need to study it well. And as you make disciples, you are called to teach them how to study God's word well. Thirteen verses later, Paul tells Timothy to, to unfold and to study God's word well, to be a workman approved that does not need to be ashamed. So we will get to this, this list of appointments that you can share with someone in discipleship. And this will be very important. But first, first of all, I want you to realize that you need to keep it very clear. I heard a tragic story today. Right? Uh, uh, Pastor Don told us of people that were burning Bibles because of the mistake that they thought. These people did not have a good understanding of the Word of God. And they were teaching others their, their mistake with the Word of God. We have got to be clear in discipleship. Because we are not going to be 
We have to teach people God's word and how to study God's word. Your opinions? Amen. Your, your opinions don't matter. God's word matters. I'm going to tell you an illustration of this. When my brother became a Christian, he was being discipled by the same man that discipled me. Yeah. His man's name is Russ Akins. He's been doing discipleship for more than 50 years. Everything you hear from us came from him. And he got it from someone else. This is the, the, the importance of the content that we're talking about. But when he was discipling my brother, my brother said, Russ, I have a question. He said, is it okay for me to keep smoking marijuana? What would you say? Now, Russ did something very, very, very unique. He, he didn't say no. You know what he said? He said, Dave, what does God say? He said, Dave, you need to go to, to God. You need to see what God says. You see what he was doing? You could just say, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. But that's nothing more than giving somebody a list. What Russ did was he said, I'm going to teach Dave to follow Jesus. What, what do you think God told Dave? Don't smoke marijuana. <laughs> But now he knew it because God said it, and God said it in His Word to honor God and follow Him. Okay, so in discipleship, we want to use what we call, I'm going to throw a big word at you, we call it transferable resources. So we're going we're gonna to give you something that you can give the next guy, that he can give the next guy, that he can give the next guy. Does that make sense? In your books, on page 13 and 14, we're going to give you 18 basic discipleship appointments. Okay, so let's say you're discipling a young believer. And you think, why do I even teach this young believer? Well, you would meet each week and teach the young believer these appointments. And for each of them, tomorrow we'll go into more of this, and we'll do the activity tomorrow on this. 
kakati enja tujja kuongera pia kurula acha tukole mu no kwegeza for each of them you're going to go to god's word and you're going to teach them how to study God's word for themselves. So they will walk away knowing what God says. And how to study God's word. Then they can do the exact same thing with someone else and teach them to do the same. So in your churches, multiplication can happen fast. People get discipled and they learn to disciple others. And so we call this spiritual instruction, and it's critical to discipleship. Now, what happens though if you invest spiritually in someone that is not interested? Or maybe, or maybe they have bad motives. It's important that you invest the right material, God's word. But I would also encourage you to invest in the right people. I was once trying to disciple a young man who was struggling with lots of sin. Okay. But he wasn't really struggling with it. He liked it. And when he would meet with me, he would brag about it. I say, I'm Christian, but I like my sin. And Russ, who was discipling me, he said, Nate, every hour you spend with that man, it's an hour you could spend with one that wants to make a difference for Christ. Use your time wisely. So I love that other man still. I'll pray for him. But it wasn't the best place to invest my time. So today I'm going to give you five important things to look for in somebody that you disciple. And if you see these five things, you can be sure this person will make a difference for Christ. And if you invest God's word in that person, that person for sure will do the same with many others and teach them to do the same with many others and many others and many others. Amen. So this principle comes right from this passage. What kind of men did Paul say to teach? Did you 
There are five principles of a faithful person that you should look for in someone that you're discipling. You pastors in here, pay specific attention. In your churches, you have a lot of people that might take a lot of your time. Love them. Encourage them. Support them. But invest the most of your time in the faithful men that can teach others also. Here are five characteristics of faithful men. Number one, number one is faithfulness. Some things Henry was telling me in his church that he looks for. Do they come to church? Are they faithful to come to church? If I give them a responsibility, are they faithful to carry it out? If you invite them to an appointment, are they faithful to show up? Those people that demonstrate faithfulness, notice them because they could be very important for you to invest in. The next characteristic we're looking at is available. You might have people that are faithful. Whenever you give them a task, they complete the task. If they say they'll be at an appointment, they'll be at an appointment. They come to church on Sunday morning. So maybe they're faithful. But you never see him any time other than Sunday morning. And even though they might be faithful with the task, they're not available for many tasks. If someone is not available, you'll have a very difficult time discipling them. When someone, when someone is available, you'll have a much easier time discipling them. I have one guy that'll say, can we meet twice this week instead of once this week? This, this guy is very available. <laughs> and he's the kind of person I want to invest in. There's another student, I'm going to give you an example. There's another student who is very intelligent. If you put him up here, he would wow you with his message. But he's not available at all. So I, I can't invest in him. So look for faithfulness. 
Look for availability. Now here's one that's very important. This is initiative. Is, is the person a self-starter? Do you have to drag them? Are they ready to go? Many people, you can say, you should share your faith. And next week, they did not share their faith. And next month, they did not share their faith. That's showing a lack of initiative. But some people, you say, hey, you know God's word says to share your faith. And they say, let's go do it. <laughs> There's a wonderful young man I'm discipling right now named Corey. Very special friend. Before I met him, he was a leader in a local church. And the church went on a mission trip. And, uh, the leader of the trip said he didn't go because he was afraid to share his faith. When I met him, we began talking about evangelism. He said, I want to go. And you know when we went? A week later? No, right then. And then next week, guess what? We're looking for faithfulness, availability, and something very important is teachability. You might have someone that's faithful, available, and initiative, but all they want to do is argue. I gotta tell you a funny story. When Brandon was a freshman, I was discipling another guy. And so I encouraged that guy to disciple Brandon. He actually asked if he could disciple Brandon. And everything in me wanted to invest my life in Brandon. But I said, you know what? I gotta let this other guy try to do it. But this other guy started arguing with me. Trying to tell me that evolution was true. And, uh, he was faithful. He was available. And a lot of initiative. 
but he kind of wasn't teachable about a very important topic. <laughs> And so, uh, eventually, I thank God I got to start investing in Brandon. Look for someone that's teachable, right? You, you taught, they're ready to learn. I'm not saying that they don't push back a little bit. Do you, you remember Peter? In the Gospels? Peter was just like, oh, I'm going to get out of here. Remember when Jesus said, I'm going to Jerusalem? No way, bro. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Sometimes you'll encounter somebody that has a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, energy and that they're willing to kind of butt heads with you. If they're teachable, that's okay. A lot of times those are going to be strong leaders. So don't get scared off by it. Don't get scared off by it. Don't get scared off by it. But you can be a good leader. But if they're arguing with you about evolution, ね、またなんかやがばあ、便利やばんとんちばりまずけ、で、とおよまにゃ、あぶせ。Or Okay, I'm going to tell you the last and most important thing to look for. You could have someone that's available, they have initiative, and they're teachable. But they just don't really have a heart for God. Once I was discipling a young man like this, it was a little bit of 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 and I said, so uh, how are your daily times with the Lord going? He said, I, I, don't, I don't spend time with the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I said, so uh, you are you reading the Bible? I, I don't really read the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, all right. Um, how about, we, how about you start reading the Gospel for John and each week we can talk about a chapter, you know, at the end of the week? So uh, next week we meet up. Did you read anything? Yeah, I read seven or eight chapters, nine chapters. And I said, awesome, so John 1, what did you get out of it? ちょっと無理。せなちゃんがだよ。あば、なんて。あて、よかね。それよ。なて。で、無理。ちょっと、ちょっと、あ、ちょっと。あ、ちょっと。あ、ちょっと。あ、ちょっと。あ、ちょっ
I encourage you to find people that have a heart for God. Those people will multiply for God. Come on. And you won't have to pull them or, or push them. Because they love him, they will be running towards him. So when you're doing discipleship, you look for people that are faithful, available, have initiative, And I want to make a special note here. Discipleship really does begin with evangelism. I mean, prayer, meeting people, evangelism. But evangelism has to happen. And a young believer won't be showing all those characteristics yet. If ever you lead anyone to Christ, start discipling that person. And over time, look for these characteristics. If two years later those characteristics aren't there, maybe six months later, you might want to invest somewhere else. Your time is invaluable. You need to use it very wisely to invest in those faith Christians. Now, if you take those faith Christians, and you give them God's word, and you lay a foundation of God's word. And you teach them how to study God's word. And then, if you continue discipling them, we'll teach you tomorrow. On 17 and 18, we have another 18 appointments. For what to teach a growing leader. If you find one of those faith Christians, work through these appointments with them. Help them learn to apply what they're learning. You might take them out witnessing and, and other ways that they learn to practically do this. You might teach them how to do discipleship with someone else. The first time Brandon led a Bible study for six weeks, right? no one came. <laughs> and I remember telling Brandon, 
You're serving God, not men. Serving God, not men. Well, guess what happened? Well, guess what happened? Well, guess what happened? Well, guess what happened? Next semester, it was the biggest men's Bible study on campus. But if you teach somebody this, and they're a faith Christian, there is an outcome that will always happen. That is spiritual multiplication. It's not a mystery. <laughs> this is a math equation. I promise you, if you will invest in faith people in your churches and teach them to multiply, they will multiply and multiply and multiply. Which means as leaders, you're going to have to get these these growing Christians in the ministry. You're going to have to delegate to them to help them take steps of faith. Okay, there's an example of this that I hope you'll, you'll catch and remember. Brandon and I, before we came, we were so scared of this that we spent way too much money to prevent this. <laughs> we, had, we had an incredible believer that paid for our trip, so actually he paid for this. And we went through a lot of pain on top of it. You know what I'm talking about? Shots. <laughs> we did lots of shots. Okay. Yellow fever. <laughs> it's, because, it's because we were scared of viruses. <laughs> and the reason we were scared of them is they're very good multipliers. <laughs> They find a healthy person. They, they, they put their genes into that person. And then they multiply by the billions. So I want you to repeat after me. I will be, I will be, I will be a virus. Jesus. I'm going to look for healthy faith Christians. I'm going to put some spiritual genes in them. Come with me. Oh. 